What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here from Blue and Gold with our Wednesday night live show here on YouTube. Appreciate everyone that is joining with us live. Um, got a cool show today. We're going to talk. Got a couple topics of discussion. Then we're going to jump into um, listener Q and A, whether that's from the live chat. Um, you know, I posted on Twitter for, for questions and our blue and gold.com message board. So, uh, we will have all that covered and should be a good show today. Bye week, Tim. How's the, uh, bye week treating you? Is this the, the longest, most exhausting four weeks of football? I think I've been around in a long time. So it's a, it's a great week for a bye week. As I said, during our show, after the game Saturday, this team needs one. I think the fan base needs one. This has been a, a long off season and four wild roller coaster football games. So enjoy the break. I'm looking forward to laying on the couch, relaxing this weekend, just watching some football games with uh, no care in the world. Other than it's like, do you root for Auburn this week or what do you do? I don't know. We'll ask the fans that. Who's Auburn playing? Uh, some team from Baton Rouge is traveling in. Oh, <laughs> that week. Okay. Well, Tim, um, We'll, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and dive into the, um, the you know the best thing that you know you've seen in in the past week and of course folks please hit that thumbs up on our video here and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get more Notre Dame football content. But uh, Tim, I know you want to talk about a guy who's uh, I mean Notre Dame's MVP right now. Oh yeah, without a doubt, my best of the week was this tweet that you know Pro Football Focus you know the college Twitter page posted about Michael Mayer and it just Look at that. Most targets without a drop. I mean, it's, it's impressive. It, it's just impressive. And then you, and then what I did is I went back and I was like, well, let's see what Michael Mayer was doing last year compared to this year. Fascinating numbers. Cause Notre Dame roller coaster at quarterback, right. For a couple of games, Marshall game, a mess, you know, basically running into brick walls against Ohio state. And last year with cone in the big out game with Florida state and they're chucking the ball over the place. Last year's stats to this year, Michael Mayer threw four games, 24 catches. This year, 22. Unbelievable. The yards, 267 last year, 233. And basically, and the same touchdowns, three to three. So I look at it literally the same type of production. You know, he's only what, five or six catches away, I believe I saw during the game the other day from being the all-time leading receiver at tight end, which is outstanding. And it just shows how impressive Michael Mayer, I think, has played with without a true passing attack. Let's be real, the first two games. And then Cal just drew Pine laying an egg for the first five possessions <laughs> until he figured it out. And still, Michael Mayer is the same production as last year where he was an All-American. So, you know, kudos to him because he's playing his butt off. He really, really is playing. He's giving it all to Notre Dame. He knows this is his last season and he wants to go out with a bang, and uh, he's he's playing some outstanding football for for the Irish. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and I know he and Drew Pine are, are best buddies, so okay. I don't you know that that probably doesn't hurt. Even though I think the a, a big time tight end is anyone's best friend, but you know, literally, you know, off the field, um, you know, very very close friends. So um, I will go to uh, my best of the week, but first, just. Thoughts for those, um, you know, dealing with Hurricane Ian. 
Oh, yes. um, my family's down in central Florida and they drove up to, uh, to my house. And uh, so I got the in-laws with me for the rest of the week. So I do apologize if there's any background noise um, that, that will be them. Um, but uh, seriously um, thoughts and prayers with those folks. Um, yeah. My best of the week, Tim, I don't know if this is kind of lame to pick, but I'm going with our YouTube channel. Nice. Tim, it's been fantastic. Okay. Um, I I mean, we uh, Tyler and Patrick did a live show yesterday. I didn't get to catch it. I know Tim, you 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 yeah. got to watch it. It was great. I mean, the Goolsby show, the guys doing their post game reaction videos. No press conferences this week um, during the bye. Uh, but you know, we do the press conference videos, and then Tyler will will give his reaction to them. Um, posted a. Uh, a snippet of the uh, Goolsby show where he talked about his top five players on the oh. team, which uh, Tim, I'll pop up his list. Sure. Tariq Bracey, Mike Mayer, Joe Alt, Howard Cross, Audrey Gastamay. I think it was a pretty darn good list. It's hard to argue this one. Now I think you, your top five had no estimate. You added John Sott, the punter, right? Oh yeah. I went with John Sott. Just he's been lights out. The guy has been lights out coming here at Notre Dame, coming from the Ivy League, and just, I mean, he's, he's been a step. And, you know, real quick on Audric is I've, I've been going over a bunch of stats because the UNC game, oh, my God, can we just I, – I, it counts, but, man, does it skew everything. Is, is that UNC game real when you look at the offense? Because I'm telling you, it was bad. So, real quick on estimate, the first three games, two runs of 10 yards. Two runs of 10 yards or more. That's it. And UNC five. So I just found that fascinating. I was going back looking at it, you know, just some stats and running backs, how, you know, what what happened the first three games compared to the UNC game. So I just found that. And um, yeah, I went with Sock. I think he's been awesome. The other four have been just. Well, okay. If you're, not, if you're not including a punter, who are you putting in there? <laughs> oh my God. Good, great question. Um, you got Estime, Styles. You know, Fosky, um, I mean, Patterson, Ty- maybe. I mean, you go Tyree for his all purpose, Tyree. I guess. You know, um, once again, it's that UNC game <laughs> skewed so much, but uh, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, the first four, I think, are are pretty obvious in my, in my mind. So, do you go uh, with Patterson's- your line? Notre Dame's 2 0 with him as starting quarterback. I agree. You know, that's a great question. The top four are solidified. Do you go Patterson for three games, Pine with his two, Audric? But Audric's, Audric's been a stud, I really think. I, yeah. I don't think he got the ball enough early in the year. But, man, those UNC stats are, are crazy to look at when compared to the rest of the season. I know Goolsby also brought up Ben Morrison. Sure. Um, yeah, there, there's He's been a surprise. I don't know if he's been a top five player, but – Definitely a major, major surprise when you look at the overall season. All right, Tim. So, like I said earlier, we oh, are going real quick. To... I'm Please. sorry. Oh my God, Riley Mills. Riley Mills is good. Been... I talked about this with Patrick Angle on the message board. Uh, uh, Patrick had him in his top five on defense. Riley Mills has been underappreciated. He's been a mauler. If you watch film closely, how in the world has he not had ten to twelve holding calls? You know against the offensive linemen that are trying to block him. Riley Mills has been an absolute stud this season. He really has. All right. So we're going to have a couple topics and then we're going to get into all of our questions. So if you have a good question for us in this live YouTube chat, go ahead and drop it. 
Um, and we will, um, I'll, I'll, I'll pick some that I like, but otherwise, yeah, we're just kind of going Q and a from Twitter, um, our blue and gold message board, $1 for one year, please sign up by the way. Um, and, um, yeah, there was one more Twitter message board and yeah, and yeah, YouTube chat. Uh, but we did want to talk about Notre Dame and just quarterback recruiting in general, Tim. And correct me if this is because, you know, we, we always talk about sure. what we want to discuss on the show. So correct me if, if I kind of misconstrued what you were saying. Should Notre Dame go, go with a more pocket passer or a true like zone read? quarterback slash offense coming I mean, your quarterback is you know oftentimes kind of your offense so because you know Notre Dame has definitely recruited different types of quarterbacks Tim yes yes yeah I mean that's you know it's it's you know you've played four games you know Pine and Buckner each got two starts and then it's you know obviously one's North Carolina defense and one is Ohio State so there you go but you know and then you got Marshall and Cal obviously but no, it's, you know, now that you're starting to see what they've done, you know, even in the Cal game, the Cal game, they were, I mean, Notre Dame was really well. They just, they didn't make any plays. Pine was just a nervous, you know, nervous wreck in those first five drives. Outside of that, he's been 70 plus percent, you know, for the last, you know, seven quarters, he's been outstanding. And then you start looking at, is you know, it's, it's more or less, you know, is, is Reese more comfortable? Because I went back last night and, um, Wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm going to go watch Notre Dame, Ohio State. I rewatched the, the whole game because I wanted to see what Notre Dame did in that game because uh, I can't watch the NC, so it's so bad. But uh, <laughs> so I wanted to see what they did compared to these these other three games. A lot of the same plays, same concepts that they're running run game wise. They just really, really were conservative. And we talked about this after the game where it's almost like, did they handcuff Buckner? Was the plan just just the, the run dive and occasional Buckner every now and then? But it's like, is that is that a winnable game? Is that something to do next time Notre Dame plays someone in the top 10 again when they're going to a bowl game, trying to get into a playoff for next season or 2024? Is that the, the best thing for them? Or is it to play 11 personnel? have a guy like Mayer, which next year could be Raritan or Styles or whoever it is down the road, move those types of guys around as a better offense. And it's kind of clicked and has shown that in the last two games where I'll, I'll be honest with you. Will we see Tyler Buckner again? I I'm watching Ohio state game last night. And that's what, that was a question I asked myself. Will we see Tyler Buckner again? Why? For Notre Dame? Why is that a question? Cause is he, does his style best suit this team? I think what they're running offensively could suit any type of quarterback. I think Buckner could go out and do what Pine's done the last two games, but they didn't do that. And I've just, and I found that, I found that interesting in uh, rewatching Ohio state and obviously what they did in Marshall. So I don't know. It's, it's just a question I'm, I'm thinking about. It's going back to quarterback recruiting, you know, Jack Cohn is not Tyler Buckner. Ian book is not Tyler Buckner. CJ Carr is like we said, it's closer to Jimmy Clausen than he's Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner's kind of like this little wild card in this recruiting room that they're doing. And obviously, I mean, you've talked about uh, some other 24 quarterbacks. You've talked about 25 quarterbacks, the Montgomery kid, and a few other Florida guys that came up during the summer. None of those guys are zone read option type dudes. They're a bunch of pocket type passers. So is Buckner just, the odd man out, so to speak, when it comes to a scheme wise. So I, I don't know. I, I really was thinking about that last night, watching the Buckeye game. 
My thought on this, Tim, I'm going to go back to my time with rivals when they would have two different types of quarterbacks yep. listed, pro style and dual threat. Yeah. And then they'd have two types of running backs listed, running back and all purpose. To me, nowadays, you have to be an all purpose. You have there's no true running back or all purpose back. You're you're just a running back. All I feel like of course you're gonna have some power backs, but generally speaking, you gotta be able to run the ball, catch, and block. Yes. I feel the same at quarterback. I don't of course you're going to have a statute here and there, but I I think you just have to be a mobile quarterback nowadays. Like Drew Pine I mean, he had a really nice little nifty run, you know, when he got yeah. out of the pocket and hit. And yeah. yeah too. So, I, so for me, it's just get the best guy. Yes. Get the best guy. Who's the best quarterback you can get? Don't care. Build the offense around him. Just get a truck. Don't care how tall he is. Like, just, you know, like, just who, who's the best quarterback out there? And just bring him in. So I, th- I think you might be overthinking it a tad, Tim. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And that's, and that's going back to, just rewatching it, you know, the emotion of that game, so to speak, and how Notre Dame has, has fallen since then, fallen in place, so to speak, with the two and two record and whatnot. But it was also the personnel thing and, and you know, the double, you know, the so much double tight. Of course, they did 21 personnel. They had Sherwood in, who's a old school, true fullback that they've done some 21 personnel in the North Carolina game. So, yeah, it's not so much overthinking it. But but as a quarterback like Pine, a quarterback like CJ Carr, you know, even Ian Book was an RPO quick throw type of guy. Are those better suited for Notre Dame? And I also remember in the what in the late in the third quarter where Buckner got hit, he had a sprained ankle. He's walking off limping, which got me thinking to the thing you and I have talked about over the last couple of weeks. Like, how did Reese, how did Coach Freeman, how did these guys not plan ahead knowing this so two games buckner has you know a tweaked ankle where he's limping a little bit and then he breaks his you know or separates his shoulder so two games in he gets dinged up in both games and there is no plan to back that up you know there's there's no way they could have gone in this season thinking tyler buckner's gonna play 12 games i found that fascinating re-watching that buckeye game just thinking all these things that they have did you know that they did since the fiesta bowl for eight months I want to throw a stat at you, Tim. Sure. Notre Dame's last 16 drives, not including kneeling it out against North Carolina. Last yeah. 16 drives. So that's the second half of the Cowell game and mm-hmm. then all the North Carolina game, again, except for except for the last drive with, with just kneeling out. 11, touch, 11, 11 scoring drives. I know. How about that? No, I I, doing, so, so this is the uh, second half of the Cowell game. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown. These last two, they were just running out the clock. Yep. Then you go to North Carolina. One, two, three, four, five, six (laughs) straight scoring drives. Oh, my gosh. And then even, I mean, this fumble by estimate, that was about to be a a touchdown. And the other one, the the fourth and inches, that's a scoring drive. You're going 44 yards. So, I mean, this offense is now all of a sudden clicking, which then you kind of go, well – is it is it Tyler Buckner wasn't any good? Which Tim, please let's go back to this. Sure. But we have some super chats to get to. No, no, definitely excited about. Um, Dennis says, is Cam Hart hurt or just underperforming, Tim? 
Oh, great question. And um, I had a nice conversation with a couple gentlemen today on the message board because Cam Hart kind of gets, he got the the ringer on that last touchdown play, which as I broke it down, I thought it was more of a, a corner blitz off the boundary. I didn't think Cam Hart really was in the thing. So he got blamed for that. But great question. He's been, you know, it's it's going back to who's the top five, who are the guys that haven't met expectations. Cam Hart's got this NFL pedigree where he was on Bruce Feldman's, you know, you know, freak list, one of the what three Notre Dame guys that made it. So is he underperforming? Maybe he just hasn't outrightly dominated a game with pass breakups and interception, but you could say that about every single DB right now about pass breakups and interceptions because they don't have any and uh and whatnot. So yeah, I don't know if he's hurt because I've heard that as well as he hurt. That was, you know, one of the things they talked about during camp where he was a little dinged up, but four games in, if there's a guy that's hurt who cannot play at this level that Notre Dame plays with, they're not putting him on the field. So he could play. And he's playing field corner, by the way, which that's a lot, a lot of room to cover. If he's injured, he would not be out there, especially with the trust they have in the two freshman corners. They would play those guys. Dennis, really appreciate the super chat and folks with us live or watching back on YouTube. Please hit that thumbs up on this video. Really um, helps support what we're doing more than you know. Um, Adrenaline inspired with the super chat. Appreciate it. Logan Diggs should be a receiver with his ability to catch. Estime should be the primary running back and Tyree should relieve him. Estime is going to be a beast. I agree on Audric. He's a stud. He, he is. As he gets so a little bit of wiggle, a little bit of shiftiness into his game somehow, Jerome Bettis could cut once in a blue moon. I think uh, Audric would be there as well. I agree. He's. I love him. I mean, he's going back rewatching the games, and it's like, my God, estimate. You think he's getting 15 carries a game, and he had six early in the season. It just maybe it was the mannerisms he plays with, and you're so excited to see him. Yeah. If I'm Notre Dame, I make sure this guy touches it 15 to 22 times a game somehow. He is he is very, very dynamic. And I agree with Tyree. Let him be the second guy. With Diggs, a receiver, you just don't move a running back to wide receiver. That's that's kind of hard at this level. So Diggs is the number three guy. You know, he I know he started against North Carolina, but you know, he's the number three. He's that all-purpose type of guy. He doesn't run it up like those other guys is. He's an outside guy, a pass receiver. Now, the two passes he caught against North Carolina, Singer and I could have caught as well. So no one covering him. So those are the best ones to catch and put on the highlight film. That's for sure. I, I would agree with everything you're saying. It's maybe just you you play some 22 personnel or you know, 21. You you have digs yeah. at the slot in time. Sure, yeah. And but that's I don't think for them. you move them to him personally. Two yeah. back set, I mean – it's work. I think you can argue that it, at the skill position, your four best players are three running backs and a tight end. So, I mean, That's get those guys on the field. Don't you, you don't need to go 11 personnel with three receivers out there you know, just for just for the heck of it. I mean, yeah, I, I would like you. to go four wide and, you know, with a tight end and a running back in the slot, you know, and then have, a, you know, a Styles and a Lindsey or – where the heck is Joe Wilkins? My singer wants Joe Wilkins. Yeah, you love Joe field. Wilkins. But real I, quick on the running backs, and that you know, when they go empty, when they go five wides, a running back's always out there. So uh, you know, whoever it is, Tyree. I mean, every running back has played empty this year. So that's just been one of their core packages. You know, because they don't have five wide receivers to put out there. 
but but they've always put a, a running back out there when they go empty, and it's always been Mayer. Really curious moving forward, you know, speaking about, you know, when I say 12 personnel in the Ohio State game, when I bring that up because it was the true 12 in the box, two tight ends in the box. If they do 12, I would love to see Raritan flexed out. When are they going to put that tall, lean, athletic dude into the boundary, flex him out? I, that's what I want to see. I want to see him line up in the box, flex out, and a backer's got to cover him. And Eli's like, let's go play jump ball. That's what I'm curious to see. Are they going to do that with him moving down the road? Tim McCarty with the super chat. Appreciate it. Was it wise not to play Angeli when they were up big? You know, this is this is a this is a great question, Tim, and one Notre Dame fans love to say every time Notre Dame gets up by twenty, play all the young guys. But UNC scored three straight touchdown drives, so let's don't forget that as well. But um, no, I think I think playing pie and let that guy get in a rhythm. Just let him keep going. That offense was clicking. Sure, he was handing off, and we could say Angeli could have handed off. But I think the last drive, he'd even I think the last eleven or twelve plays, he just ran the ball. So, but. That's also Pine being a leader on the road, closing out a game. I don't think Notre Dame in the position after losing to Marshall is, oh, let's just be sweet and cuddly and rotate some guys unless it's just an you know, absolute beat down, so to speak. But in that game on the road, I, lo- I love seeing Pine finish out the whole game. Pine um, threw one pass in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so that, that, that was it. Uh, yeah, was I think it was the last 11 or 12 plays were runs, if I remember right. It's it's kind of one of those you you want to play pine sure. to get him those reps unless he gets hurt and then you you oh, wish man. you would have gave Angeli those reps. So I agree. I, no, I, I agree, and that's. So, but what's the difference if he's just handing off? And if next game you know Pine goes out there and his belt buckle breaks and Angeli's got to go out there for three snaps. So it's I mean, are those handing off and a fourth quarter at North Carolina going to help? Who knows? But Tim, at the same time, and Jelly's getting reps, getting a ton of reps, and you know he's going to get a billion reps this week, getting him ready during the bye. Appreciate the super chat, folks. Now I want to go back to the the whole Buckner discussion before we go straight Q and A. What did I always say about Buckner? I don't like him as much as everyone else does, sure. right? Like I like yeah. him, but now I feel like I'm defending him because everyone's like before the season, yeah. fan base, media is like. Buckner's the guy. Buckner's the guy. Buckner's the guy. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I don't, you know, I, I, the jury was still very much out for me and him throwing the football down the field. And I think through those two games that we saw it was still the case. And now I feel like, like I was criticized for not being a big Buckner guy. And I remember posting on the message board. Yeah. I don't think he threw the ball as good as Drew Pine mm-hmm. and even Steve Angeli. And I got a lot of crap for him on the message board. And now it's the opposite. Now I feel like it's like yeah, Buckner. No, Buckner's – and I'm like, no, Buckner's still a guy. Like he's still an yeah. option moving forward. I don't know. I'm always on popular opinion guy. What's your take on this, Tim? I agree. It goes back to, you know, for, for me, I came into this football season fully expecting Tyler Buckner to do what we saw against North Carolina. Spread the football field, shifts, motion, Michael Mara, you know, Michael Mara, fine Waldo. Where's he at? Look for him each and every single play, the motions, the running backs. That's what I expected. When they came out and they're just playing slug ball with Ohio State because they're so terrified of C.J. Stroud, that's that's basically what that game plan was. 
It was to keep the points down and kill clock, and hopefully we could break a play here or there. That's what it felt like that game was watching it last night. So I fully expected Tyler Buckner to come out and be a wide open, spread it out, throw on the run, bootlegs, play actions, those types of things. And he can take shots. He threw, you know, he threw, um, you know, the 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 deep ball to Lindsay. Obviously, the fifty four to Styles was just a quick dump, and Lorenzo broke that. And he also had a nice seam against uh, Buckeyes when he hit Mayer. I mean, the three biggest passes of the season were all in the Ohio State game, yardage wise, with the uh, Lindsay Mayer and uh, Styles. But um, so he can throw. He can he can do that. And I don't want to say we haven't. You know, we've seen the last of Buckner. That's a, I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. It's just the reality of, can he throw the quick game? Can he do the reads that an Ian Book, a Jack Cohn, a Drew Pine have done? And it's, if he can, then why didn't they run that offense in the first two games? That's my biggest question with him and the, and the early offensive game plan, I felt. All right, Tim. So let's say Notre Dame goes nine and three. Take it. Rest of the way, I know you'll take it. Take it. And Drew Pine, <laughs> I mean, what's his stats right now? Um, let's pull it up 459 yards, two games, um, com- completing 44 63 passes. That's 70 percent with six touchdowns. Already six touchdowns, really. Um, d- <laughs> let's say he kind of continues on this pace. He throws for 2,000 yards, yeah. Yeah, 2,000 yards, complete around, let's say, 67% of his passes. Yeah. You know, maybe like 18 or 20 touchdowns to like four or five picks. Sure. Pretty darn good. Obviously, Notre Dame would have a quarterback competition, but, I mean, would you think at that point that he is going into it as the leader um, in, in not the clubhouse, but the leader in the competition going into it? that's yeah. I mean, that's the thing, Mike. So you got, you know, Mr. Pine out there playing for these next 10 games. And if they're, you know, nine, nine and three, nine and three, when you start owing two is amazing. Cause that means you're going to go, you're going to beat Brigham young. You're on the road to the carrier dome. You're going to beat Syracuse. Who's currently four and oh, even though they have NC state and Clemson right before the Irish. And then you're going to go one-on-one with SC Clemson you're going to beat one of those guys and you're going to lose to one. So nine and three, as Tyler Horka said last night, that was his, that was his seasonal pick. So he'd be giddy as could be, but uh, that would be amazing. And then you go into the the bowl game, you go into spring. How do, I mean, how is, how is Drew Pine not the, not the guy, which then leads to the transfer because he's got so many games. And do you bring in a transfer expecting, Buckner, maybe not to be there to CJ Carr. Is that, you know, they, the ultimate Notre Dame wild card, as you know, Mike, you handle all the recruiting biz, is the CJ Carr reclassification. But not what for happens? next year. That's not a I'm thing. Not, I'm not saying he's going to start, but if CJ Carr's there next year, I know you love Stephen Jelly. CJ Carr's got to be getting all the reps to become the number two. Why would you bring him in to sit there and chill and not be the number two next year? What if you have Pine and Buckner? So you're all. Okay. 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 So Buckner is going to, this is where you start getting into quarterbacks in the transfer portal. You know, this is what everyone expected this year. Anyway, Buckner was going to start the 12 games or he, he missed one game and pine got in. 
I mean, it was unanimous. You you talk to any Notre Dame fan out there, anyone in the media, so to speak, they're like, oh, Pine's going to get his degree and leave. That was kind of, you know, the hot take out there. Whether Pine is or not, Mike, I'm not saying anything, but now it's kind of the roles are reversed, right? And does Notre Dame still need a transfer quarterback? Does is CJ Carr coming in? Obviously, you're early, even though he's technically a senior right now, age-wise. Does does that change a lot of things? It's, I'm telling you, it's it's still up in the this season is not even begin beginning. It feels like we're two and two. Throw the four games out of the way. We got to move forward, and there's it just feels like so much stuff is going to happen in these next two months. It is wild to think about. Yeah, I remember in our show between the uh, Marshall and Cal games, where our Wednesday show that week, or maybe it was on Tuesday, was mm-hmm. was just let's just talk quarter. We talked quarterbacks for the entire show, the whole show. And I remember saying, like, what if Pine is just lights it up the rest yeah. of the season? Then what do you do? And I think, I mean, he's been great the past six quarters. I mean, he really has. So. Who freaking knows where? No, I, you know what? And it's, and I hate, you know, and and that's why I, put, I was talking to some guys today and it's like Notre Dame to me this season, you get rid of the worst Marshall, you get rid of the, the absolute dog worst on defense, UNC and Notre Dame's a hybrid of Cal, Ohio state. So if they, if they can merge those two types of things together and go nine and three, I think it's unbelievable, but you're right. It's, the dynamic is flipped when Tyler Buckner gets hurt. He's missing his, I mean, this is his third season. He hasn't played football. You know, he didn't play in the COVID year in 2020. His sophomore year, he was out. Now his sophomore year of college is out. This is three out of five football seasons, Mike. He's not playing football. That is just interesting. Nothing against him. I love Tyler Buckner. I would love to see him be the guy, be the, the shotgun guy, do everything uh, crazy and someone just wrote in the in the chat room right here like well they didn't let him throw but that's what i'm asking why why did they just believe we're just going to be an option team we're going to zone read do a couple bubble screens and quick passes and all that because that's what we want to do or is that all buckner can do because if buckner could do what they did in the last three quarters at cal why didn't they do that in ohio state you know why didn't they do that in the marshall game even marshall they still had a little bit of the the Ohio state type of offense in there still super chat from any Davis. He says there's a way bigger gap mentally slash command between pine and Buckner than physical one. One of them makes the guys around him better. Very simple. Yeah, but you, the question is Notre Dame's, you know, struggles those first two weeks offensively. How much was that on pine or excuse me, how much of that was on Buckner and like, well, because there's, I don't think there's throws that Buckner can't make that Pine can, I, but I is there that mental component, that it factor? So, well, the accuracy, Mike, they went back. I was, I was going over my Marshall notes, but six or seven deep shots they took in the Marshall game. They didn't complete any. I mean, this, I hate to say it, but Mike, the, this, the season boiled is boiled down to the double safety blitz against Ohio state that just rallied up the Buckeyes and they just took over the game. It, it gave that program life in that game. And the pat, I mean, I said it a hundred times, the pass that they missed the Lindsay right before halftime, they catch that pass. It's a touchdown. Notre Dame's going to go win by a couple touchdowns. It's a slugfest. It's sloppy. 
but they're one and one. They don't lose to Marshall. They're going to beat Cal. They get the mojo going. Buckner had, you know, someone wrote, well, he had to run the ball. Exactly. That was so, that was because he had to run the ball because they couldn't run the ball. You, you, you know why they couldn't run the ball? Because if people go back and watch it, Ohio State is playing zero coverage. They have zero respect for the wide receivers. They got That's nine amazing. guys in the box. Yeah. Marshall's got those two stud corners. We're playing nine men in the box. And Notre Dame didn't spread them out. So Buckner had to be the extra guy, the extra the extra runner that they couldn't account for to get yards and touchdowns and, and plays in the Marshall game, which eventually led to his downfall in that game. And, you know, but is that because he was inaccurate in the passing game? Was not connecting on some things? Where Pine's coming in, he's throwing 70%. And then not that Pine is, you know, Jimmy Clausen, Brady Quinn or whatnot, but he's getting the ball where, where it goes. Sure, he had a few mistakes, and that's why I can't wait to get to this Brigham Young game. Not that BYU is the 85 Bears or anything, but they're going to be – I'm expecting them to be a heck of a lot better than North Carolina is on defense. Tim, I'm everyone just keeps talking about Drew Pine's lack of ceiling. If Drew Pine were 6'1", I bet everyone would be losing their mind. Excitement just because he's, he's, you know, 5'11", or 5'10 and a half, whatever he is. Goolsby swears he's 5'9". I'm not so sure about that. Hey, I'll, uh, one last thing on punt. When he throws the ball, if he throw, has to throw it more than 12 yards, I swear he looks like he is just giving every ounce of his body to get that ball downfield. It's not effortless. He did get the beautiful strike to Styles, the beautiful deep bend over to Mayer. Uh, in the North Carolina game, he does throw some nice balls, no doubt about it. So, you know, is he going to go out there and sling it 65 yards on a rope? No, but they could build the offense around him. And I think is Reese more comfortable doing this than calling a bunch of zone reads? That's the other thing. Another super chats, uh, Milton fan 15, appreciate the super chat and any Davis appreciate you as well. Um, he says offensive identity still unknown. I would say it's absolutely known. It, it's second half of Cal and yeah in, in the UNC game. Yeah, when I say when I say unknown, because I think this team's gonna get pushed somewhere. They're gonna get pressed somewhere. Where obviously there's gonna be some moments in a game where Pine's going to have to bail them out, and that really hasn't happened yet. In the Cal game, you got the running game going. Tim, that doesn't mean identity. That doesn't mean the identity of the offense has changed. No, no, I no, I hear it. the the identity. I think is going to keep being the quick game. It's going to be quick run the ball, run the ball, and the quick game. Keep spreading people out, and if Pine's hitting seventy percent, eventually these DBs have to respect it. Even though Notre Dame doesn't have Michael Floyd on the edges and whatnot, they don't have you know you know freakazoids out there like Claypool, where Book just threw lob balls and he just dominated the you know with his height and, uh, you know, catch radius. But, um, Hey, if Pine keeps throwing at 70%, man, you can't, you can't knock the guy at the end of the day. I mean, Drew Brees completed 70%, right? That's at the end of the day, it's accuracy completion percentage, getting the ball in the hands of your, of your guys. And if he's doing that and they're spreading this ball out, yes, this team has an identity. And I think, as you just said, Mike, it's been in the last seven quarters. All right, another super chat. Milton fan says, "Did the coaches do Tyler Buckner wrong?" Hmm. Tim, give me give me fifteen seconds on this one. I don't think they did him wrong because I think they did what they thought he was best at, just like they've done what Drew Pine is doing because they they're doing what he's best at. That's what I think. All right, let's get to um, the uh, let's go to the blue and gold message board um, for some questions. 
Um, Caleb Hansel says through week four, which player has been the most underperforming um, and which has been the most overperforming from preseason expectations. So underperforming and overperforming, Tim, since I haven't thought about this yet, you're up first. Under uh, okay, well, when you go underperforming, you instantly just go to the preseason All Americans. So who is underperformed? I'm going to go with the guy I've not been, you know, the highest on. I didn't think he was, you know, you know, the Rose medals that come in. That's Brandon Joseph. I, I thought Brandon Joseph was an average. I don't want to say average, but he was a good, solid football player. He's not this All American NFL, you know, first, second round draft pick that mock drafts and the Notre Dame media was hyping him out to be he's a solid football player nothing spectacular he's played four games and he knocked out you know Jackson Smith at an Ohio State game and he almost uh tipped the ball to Cal to, to tie that football game those are the only two plays I've seen Brandon Joseph make as far as overperform oh dude I'm gonna go your guy uh, I mean Joe Alt I think the expectations the expectations for him are 23 or 24 if he comes back and does a fourth year. I mean, there was a post blue and gold posted or Tyler Horker, maybe just the blue and gold Twitter feed about um, his PFF grade. Joe Alt is overperforming. Not that we expected him to underperform, but he is just, he, he's, he's kicking butt. Let's say that. I think he's dominating. I think he played, has played four solid games. He's been the highest ranked offensive lineman in every game, even in the Ohio state game. He played really good in that game. He didn't give up no sacks in that game. I love Joe Alt. I think he's been awesome. Uh, I think he's the offensive MVP where Michael Mayer is the team MVP through four games. I'm going to go – thinking about Mike Goolsby on this one. Okay. Oh, Brayden Lindsey. He's got almost as many games played as he does catches at this point. He's seven catches for 69 yards. Yeah, that's not a lot of yards. <laughs> For uh, you know, for a big play guy, a fifth year senior, and that they brought him back, right? A fifth year senior game, yeah, fifth year senior, Brayden Lindsay. So that's that's got to be the underperforming and then overperforming. I like that one, Mike. I think you go mayor. (laughs) Kind of your your same thought on alt is that like expectations were high, but you exceeded it. Mayor expectations were were you know to be. You know, one of the top three tight ends in college football, and he's he's been number one for sure. Like I think he's yeah. better than Bowers. Yeah, so. yeah, that's yeah. Let's take thirty seconds on that because that is the Twitter debate. Every time someone posts one word about you know Mayor on Twitter, well, Bowers is better. Bowers is an H back. Bowers is a as a slot. You know, he's not going to go in there and mix it up and get nasty. Michael Mayer is pulling on counters double team and he's the hip he's the boundary he's the trips he's the postman when they go bunch he's the postman on short bunch mayor's been everywhere completely different players than brock bowers when they do this yeah but someone posted bowers is faster yeah because he's a wide receiver he was that way in high school mayor was a true tight end in high school bowers is a wide receiver that's what he is and you watch him i don't think i've ever seen bowers in a three-point stance not that i study and break down georgia film but He's a slot receiver, and those are the plays he makes. All right. Um, this one was funny from uh, Boston Irish on our message board. He says, no question, but make sure Tim keeps wearing that green polo for each shirt as long as Notre Dame keeps winning. So Tim um, is winning. 2-0. 2-0. We'll, we'll take a tie this week since it's a bye. So there you go. 
Irish Chef says, if you had the intel you have now after four games before the season, what would you have predicted as a win-loss record? You would say two and two. <laughs> Am I misreading this question? If you had the intel. Well, if we – oh, you know what? You know, let's take it like this, Mike. Let's just take the intel. When we think intel is, for me – as an out is the guy watching Notre Dame football for all these years and reading reports through blue and gold and whatnot. I think, I think the wide receivers are worse than ever reported and, you know, not trying to be negative Nancy out here, whatnot, but the wide receiver play is worse than anybody I think took. So can we take that as if, if we knew the wide receivers cannot get open in most of the games this season outside of North Carolina, then, um, would you know what would our record you know what would that record be if we knew they had to you know pounding you know pound the rock is is more than we thought in the Ohio State Marshall game just to even try and survive what would our record be I think the the playoff expectations would have been way tampered down I mean the preseason number five looking back is you know as we know preseason is always about who's returning and when you get Foskey and Patterson and Mayer coming back his junior year and some of the young guys, sure, there was question marks out of the secondary in the Fiesta Bowl and who the heck's going to play quarterback this year. Yeah, the expectations were a little wild when you go preseason number five, no doubt about that. And, and for I, me, the seniors, I thought the seniors were going to be the dominant guys early in the season. And it's been a lot, it's been more of the young guys when you really break it down, who's been a, a lot of the key playmakers in this team. Irish Chef also asked, how many recruits does Notre Dame end up with the 20, in the 2023 class? I'm going to say about 26 to 27, which is what I've been saying forever. Somewhere around there. Where are they right now? Like, no, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, we haven't had recruiting news in 20, so long, but it's. Yeah. 22 commits, number five in the class nationally. Number two. Yeah. I did see the, the five, six is uh, Mr. Brian Kelly's right on the, the heels there. That five, six rankings is going to be a battle, but hopefully they get Jeremiah Love. That's going to be the. The big one we hear about pretty soon. All right. A couple of questions from Charlie T. Again, going from our message board. Then we're going to go over to uh, – I had a couple from Twitter queued up. Will Coach Freeman last more than five years and is Captain Crunch the top, a top five all-time serial? So oh, um, really an impossible uh, question to answer and then a ridiculously silly one. So, Well, Peanut Butter Crunch is definitely an all-time top two, three serial for me. I – uh I love peanut butter crunch. So yeah, I would say captain crunch is an all timer, but will Freeman last more than five years? Will he get that second contract? And uh, as, as the goal of every Notre Dame coach is, is to get that second five. Um, my gut says yes, because I think he's going to bring in enough recruits. I think they got some good football coaches. I think they got a lot of young football players to go forward. The biggie's going to be that schedule. I'm telling you, I don't know if people have looked at the schedule down the road. Now, it's not a juggernaut. It's not like playing nine top 10 teams, but there's going to be four legitimate teams in 24, 25, 26, four, like just like dudes where it's going to be interesting. That's why going 10 and two down the road and making a playoff is going to be, it's going to be a battle for Notre Dame. I, I believe that's why he's got to recruit. So, I would think he does because I think he's going to recruit good enough. He's got the personality and and these modern players in this day and age are going to rally around him. I do. I think that that's why I think, I think we're going to see him go nine and three this year, Mike. That's 
I'm going to, I'm going to try and predict that as my uh, crystal ball. You're a Homer. I oh, I am a Homer. I love it. Uh, over to oh, Twitter. Cheez-Its bowl. Someone posted nine and three in the cheeses bowl. It just sounds cool. Bobby asked me on Twitter, if everyone on the roster is healthy, who are you starting on quarterback? So Tim, let's say this. Sure. Buckner's, you know, got touched by Jesus Christ and he's, he's healthy Who and he can play. Who are you starting? Who are you starting? Quick. Those first downs, did you see that Twitter post where Notre Dame posted the most first downs in a Notre Dame football game since Eric Parsegian was the head coach? That's insane. That's it's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, they had three running backs over 100 total yards. Had it happened since 96 during Lou Holtz's last season. So I guess I'm trying to not answer this question, right? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I mean, Buckner's. If Buckner's not, that's a great question. If Buckner is not hurt, and would would, I mean, he's the starting quarterback, right? Were they going to bench him? Had they gone out? I mean, they would have. But he did. They would have benched. I, I think if they gone out and laid an egg against Cal and struggled mightily, um, I really think the the Pine struggles was not the offense, was not the schemes. He had dude. I mean, Mayer was open. He had dudes open. They just didn't connect early, and I think that was more him and his nerves as you brought up those, you know, during that week, if, if Buckner came out and struggled like he did against Marshall, he didn't get hurt let's say at the end of Marshall, but he still throws the pick six and whatnot. Do they make a change at halftime? Let's say that game's 10 to seven at halftime. Do they make a change with, with pine? They probably do. They probably do. So I don't know if that answers the question. I'm just trying to think of some hypothetical because Buckner won the competition. So Buckner would still be the quarterback today. If he was healthy, what do they say about running backs? You feed the hot hand, right? I'm I'm feeding the hot hand. I am yeah. done with the the quarterback stroking the egos and let's keep everything kosher in that room. Yeah, this is football, man. Bring the best man in and let the best man win. That I'm 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 over it. I'm but that was Buckner. But that was Buckner after those first couple games. And I'm saying if if Buckner's not hurt, he's still the starter today. I bring unless him in. they're struggling against Cal. I don't know. I'm going with the hot hand. And then if Pine's not working, you put in Buckner. That's what yeah. I would do. But this is a major what if question. Sure. So, as, uh, as 2023 quarterback is. Holy yeah. As, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you wanted to talk about that, I was like, do you really want to, Tim? There's no real answer to it. But it's, it's a bye always, week, right? It's a bye week. Have fun. Who if wants Chris, to talk about DBs? From Milton fan, if Chris Tyree plays in the first two games, are we 0 and 2? Wow. Great question because, yeah, where was he, right? What did he only touch the ball nine, ten times in those two games, I believe? Great question. Um, man, yeah, that's that's one of those what-if games, especially in the Ohio State game where he rips off a couple nice plays in that game. And it's like, How many where was he? Is Chris Terry, like in gambling – like if your starting quarterback goes out, you know, there's a, like a metric of like how many points is he worth? Yeah, I don't know how much Tyree is worth. Yeah, I don't know. No. If, yeah, I don't. But if Tyree, the whole Marshall game is just an absolute mess. And it's it's interesting going back, looking over the Marshall, watching a little film, looking over the notes is, and even Marcus Freeman's press conference that week. Oh, we're going to be aggressive. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna attack, and they did. So they just went 0 for 7 on deep balls in that game. They connect, you know, they hit two of them. They win by two touchdowns. They didn't. And that was that was the strategy. And they still for some reason could not run because they did not respect Tyler Buckner throwing the football. That's why they were 0 and 2. All right. Another question from Twitter here. 
Man, it's uh, what, 47 minutes and 35 seconds? We haven't talked to Tobias Merriweather yet, Tim. Do we think Tobias will get any playing time soon, slash will he this bye week um, help his chances of seeing the field? Heard about the trust, but how can you not trust someone of that size um, to at least give 10 to 20 snaps a game? How are you supposed to build if he doesn't play at all? Okay. Well, wasn't Chase Claypool a big giant stud as a freshman? He he played only a couple snaps. EQ St. Brown only played a couple snaps. He's bigger, more physical than Merriweather. He only played a couple snaps. So, uh, you know, uh, Boykin, Boykin redshirted and he's playing in the NFL. So, you know, Boykin was a tall athletic dude and he redshirted and he's in the NFL. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because, you know, as, as, as we've talked, Mike is, yeah, people are just so enamored with wide receiver at, at Notre Dame. No one cares. You know, Joe Alt's on the bench last year and Blake Fisher is, and they're just playing Tosh Baker last year. No one would have batted an eye. But I would disagree because everyone was on Rocco Spindler. Why yeah, I know. Yeah. Rocco Spindler and yeah, that was the big one last year. But yeah, but yeah like, Rocco and Tobias. I how guess about so. this? To kind of back a point up, George Batelho in 2020. Yeah. I remember um uh, Eric Hansen, it was at the South Bend Tribune at the time. Every single week, he'd ask Brian Kelly about Jordan Patelho. Yeah, why do we ask? Why do we care so much about a, about a freshman not playing? Like, this is the freshman don't always play. No one's asking, about, no one's talking about Jordan Patelho right now. You know, why? Because he's a junior, he's not the shiny toy anymore. Yep. So, in two years, Notre Dame fans, you are going to be wanting to buy us to get benched for some new freshman. Yeah. So just just let the coaches coach. Like, they'll play him when they think he's ready. Like, that's I mean, that's the trust thing. Ryan Wingo, where Marcus Freeman was, went, went, visited this week, you reported on Blue and Gold. Wingo comes in. That's going to be Tobias's junior year. Do you want Wingo to play over Tobias? You know, where? how come Ryan Wingo's not in? It's, you know, it, it's the Notre Dame thing. It's the wide receiver position. Jordan Johnson, that's all we heard for 18 months. And, you know, and he has as many catches of all of us in this message board combined. Tim, so, I got a comment. I got to pop on the screen from, yeah. from Mr. Campbell, who's been very angry in our YouTube comments. He says, if you want to fix the Drew Pine hype over Tyler Buckner, go look at the spring game film. That has been my point. And I was snarkily yeah. tweeting during this during the game when Tyler Buckner, or excuse me, when Drew Pine's tearing it up. I'm like, but the spring game, everyone told me that Buckner was done and couldn't do anything after the spring game. And then he goes and tears up an ACC defense. Now it might be yeah. fool's gold because it was North Carolina, but he still showed people that he could do it. That's yes. a real game setting. He showed people he could do it in two games last year against two pretty darn good opponents in Cincinnati and yep. um, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And, and Cal. And Cal's defense good is against top Cal defense. in the second half. I mean, what else do you want the guy to do against North Carolina? Yeah, I think this. Yeah, I mean, let's don't forget the spring game. You know, he played the whole first half, both sides. It's, it's like it, it, it's a practice. It was a scrimmage. It, I mean, that's what it was. It was a practice, and he was the all he was all time quarterback. If anyone's ever gone and been all time quarterback at the Thanksgiving game, yeah, you're all time quarterback. You're running around. That's what Pine did in that game. So, I that spring game is meaningless moving forward when it comes to Notre Dame quarterback play. All right, folks, um, time to hear from our friends over at Rogue Shop, which is a husband and wife outfit, as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Char, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm it and grow it all themselves. They do everything by hand, and their website to visit is rogueshop.com. As folks on YouTube 
Um, you guys can see that on your screen. Products that, you know, give you that good euphoria, but there's just so much more, such a wide variety of things that they have. Um, products that have been known to help with anything from stress, anxiety, chronic pain, insomnia. If you have a question about what a product does, um, you can, you know, jump on a chat with the owners. Um, when I received a box of products, Char, um, Mr. Rogue's wife sent me um, detailed handwritten instructions. Of, I've never used these products before, so they'll take care of you. Again, their goal, holistic healing, making your life better if you suffer from stress, insomnia, reducing in, in, inflammation, anxiety, and mood disorders. Um, topicals that are great for pain in specific areas. Um, so again, great stuff. Head over to Rog, excuse me, Rogue Shop um, dot com for more information real quick my i'm just going through the chat room while you're doing the commercial there is um you know one guy posed here the o-line was dog meat when buckner was playing they were dog meat because they were playing nine-man fronts and no one respected the pass that's why i mean you know and that's the other thing the o-line's only five dudes right they block five guys so there's other bodies on the football field that have to block so it's always remember that when you hear the old line stinks. Well, there are only five dudes blocking five guys, but um, yeah, that goes back to the whole thing. You know, did they, they didn't feel threatened by Buckner, not that. And we're going to see some games coming up here where we're going to have that same feel from defenses with Drew Pine where, all right, Drew Pine, go beat us. And that's when styles and these guys need to come together and go make some plays deep. Um, ND Nation, I'm sorry I missed the super chat, just not seeing it. He says we need CJ Carr to join the means 23 recruiting class to keep it intact. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, what those 23 recruits don't know CJ that well. I mean, I don't don't know if anyone's going to stay committed to Notre Dame because of CJ Carr. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's three receiver commits, knock on wood, are all solid right now. So just if if those guys are good, then then Notre Dame should be okay. So I I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I think they know who CJ Carr is. They know he's going to be there when they're all playing college football at Notre Dame. And then that's the thing that matters. But yeah, if I'm dying, I'm dying to get some, uh, I, I'm sure you are too, Mike. So you could write the article one way or another, right? And uh, is he coming or is he coming in 24? So we all know what in the world's going on exactly. So that's going to be interesting. Once, once we get that official word out there. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will see on that. Um, yeah, one more thing, unless something else comes in from Adam. He says, um, why would they leave Clarence Lewis one-on-one on an island with a big lead? Have we not learned? He can't handle that by now. Yeah, he got beat, he got beat deep on that one. Outside of that, Clarence Lewis hasn't been the fiestable Clarence Lewis. I think the biggest surprise, I, you know, the overall biggest surprise of this football season has been the DB play. Yeah. You know, sure, no picks and very few pass breakups. You know, they got torched in the fourth quarter by UNC, you know, just making it look like more mental mistakes. No, yeah, that dude was a dude ran by Clarence Lewis. So that was just the coverage they were in. You know, you you know, can you sit there and give protection all the time? Should they have been in just four deep or straight, you know, old school Tampa, Tampa two playing all the deep stuff? Sure. But yeah, I don't think Clarence Lewis, you know, is, is, I mean, he's played pretty good football, especially with Benjamin. I know he's now, and that's the other thing. He's a backup now. Let's you know, he's played the last two games. He's uh, Benjamin Morrison has started over him. Now Lewis is playing a lot. I think he's actually played more snaps over the course of these two games, but uh, 
Morrison's out there. It's almost like a 50-50 rotation, uh, you know, with those guys in the at the corner play. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Mickey as well as this season moves on. Uh, Tim says, is there a promo at Rogue Shop? Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. Um, promo code ready. blue and gold. Um, blue and gold. Spell it out. And that is your promo code at rogueshop.com. I believe it's 10% off an order or something like that. I'm sorry for not knowing that. Probably should. Uh, but uh, yeah, throw stuff in a cart and uh, yeah, throw that promo code in. Um, again, promo code blue and gold. Tim, fun show. Yeah. Any 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 big plans this weekend? No, li- I mean, literally just going to hang out. The wife's getting out of town, going to go relax since there's no uh, Notre Dame game and whatnot. She has to help with the kids. So, no, I'm going to relax, watch a lot of football, and just enjoy the, the house with the little ones and um, have a stress-free Notre Dame, <laughs> non-Notre Dame weekend and get ready for what I think is going to be a barn burner in Vegas and then um, move, moving forward. We're going to know a heck of a lot after that Vegas because I think if they beat BYU – they have a legitimate shot at, uh, at that nine and three record, which would just be, I mean, seriously, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing, which who would have thought that if we knew what we knew, right. As the one guy asked in his, uh, in his chat. Well, uh, I have a six twenty AM flight on Friday to Dallas. See Peyton Bowen, Notre Dame five-star safety commit. And wow. his younger brother's a 2024 four-star cornerback and an, an Irish target. So I think they're playing some team that they should blow off the field by the end of the first quarter, but um, still should um, be a good time out in Dallas for me. Most and definitely. Um, hopefully get some, some good news for, for Irish fans. So please head to blueandgold.com and uh, go ahead and sign up um, uh, for the website. Just a dollar for your first year. Get all the premium recruiting scoop and information on the team. Just $1 for your first year. So Tim, appreciate your time tonight. Folks on YouTube, listen back on podcast. Um, appreciate you as well. Again, head to blueandgold.com for all your Notre Dame coverage, and we will catch you next time.